0: You're listening to The Wise Wife Podcast. So you want a better marriage? Well, then buckle up, buttercup. You're in the right place. Right out of the gate, I want to thank you guys for all your feedback I've been getting for this podcast, that it has set you free from old lies that have been sort of sitting in your heart for a long time. Thank you for your reviews. It it just really means a lot. We're going to talk today about uh, a question that a listener had for me, and it touches on something that is really prevalent as you learn to fight for your marriage by yourself. You know, when your spouse is really not that invested or maybe not invested at all in making your marriage any better. A listener wrote in and said, my husband is not a super faithful tither. Historically, I have always nudged that and then we tithe. In the past five months or so, I have backed off all nudging, which means we have not tithed. It weighs on me, and I think of it when I spend time with the Lord. I want to submit to my husband, and I want to tithe, and I don't want to nag. Any thoughts on this? Oh, I have thoughts on this. (laughs) And I, I told her, I said, I have to record a podcast on this because this is a really common issue, and it's not just about tithing. This is any time where we feel our husband is not in obedience to God. He's acting out in disobedience. And it's kind of clear. It's pretty straightforward. There's not a lot of gray area in something like giving or in other issues that you may be facing where you feel like you have to submit to a husband who's doing something that's not right. We see in the Bible a lot of examples of wives who did submit to their husbands, even though it went against their own maybe morality. For instance, Sarah and Abraham, right? I mean, Abraham literally told Sarah to lie and say that she was his sister. And then she got pimped out into a harem. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, that's a pretty strong, hey, just submit even if you feel like it's wrong. Um, and God will protect you. And God did protect Sarah. So while there's a lot of argument on, you know, don't do anything or submit to your husband when it's clearly in disobedience to the Lord, that we hear that in the church and we hear that, you know, you can Google search it. I actually think there's more biblical evidence for women submitting, even when it did go against what they knew was right. So this is one of those moments where you as a believer have to really connect with the Holy Spirit and with the Father and decide what is right in your spirit for what you should do in each situation. But this podcast is going to help set you straight. That is my prayer, that you're not being deceived by the enemy into thinking that you know what the truth is and that you're not being swayed by our flesh. Our instinct as women is to, what did he say to Eve? And you will desire to control your husband. So we need to first understand that at our core, the curse of Eve, we're talking Genesis, is that you will desire to control your husband. So everything that we feel is typically going through that flesh first, that flesh lens first. Like at my core, in my sinful brokenness, I desire to control my husband. It's literally straight from the mouth of God. So first we need to just acknowledge that, acknowledge that we have that part of us in our flesh and we are dying to our flesh every day as we learn to be godly wives. Now, unfortunately, because of that curse and our natural inclination toward it, we typically feel that we know better all the time. And I know that's kind of a sweeping generalization, But change my mind. Like, please tell me that you are a woman who does not think she knows how to load the dishwasher better. She knows how to do the laundry better. She knows how to parent the kids better. She knows how to handle social situations better. She knows how to pack the groceries in the car better. I mean, we literally, guys, we we will be always warring that instinct that we know better and then wanting to sort of lecture our husbands and if that doesn't relate to you, like, you're awesome, you're incredible, I'm really happy for you, I can say that, that that absolutely was me, and it still is me, although I have learned to die to my flesh, and so I don't give in to that nearly as much as I used to, and now I'm very aware when I'm doing it, praise God, thank you, Lord, you change people. So, okay, knowing that we have this natural inclination, and knowing that we, we often want to feel like we know better... What better way for the enemy to cause division in our marriages by convincing us that the thing we know better about is backed by biblical command. I mean, it makes total sense for the enemy to say, as he did to Eve. Oh, did God really say that? Because he just doesn't want you to be like him. That's what the enemy said, right? he tricked Eve, deceived her into thinking, you do know better. You know better than your husband. You should go to him. You should feed him this fruit. Yeah, you should do that. Because it's not that God is protecting you or keeping you safe or giving you this amazing blessing of Eden. No, no, no. He just doesn't want you to be like him. Okay, we hear that voice still today. And it is Used against Christian women who are well meaning, me being one of them, I was absolutely one of them, thinking that we actually know what is best and we rely on this biblical justification. And I really believe that it is a ploy of the enemy and it is causing unnecessary division and it is actually causing sin in us as we disrespect and dishonor our husband and we therefore disrespect and dishonor the Lord. Okay. Let's get into some real examples. This example that this reader has asked about, tithing, is a fantastic one because ultimately we know in the word it says to give generously. It says to care for the widow, the orphan, and the poor. Tithing also is one of the only areas where God says, test me, go ahead, test me, see if I deliver for you. And I can say in my own life, that's been one of the most sort of precious things that my parents have given to me, which was this devout faithfulness to tithing and always showing me that it paid off to tithe, always showing me that no matter how hard pressed you are for, for money, trust the Lord with your finances and he will deliver. And And I was very blessed in my life to see that play over and over again and, and it really did instill this solid faith in me that God provides and he's true to his word and he will deliver when we are giving generously. And so I came into marriage with that, with that belief and that, and that really that gift. And I didn't see it as a gift <laughs> in my earlier years when I was first married. I didn't see it as a gift. I saw it as, well, look at me. I'm the more spiritual one because I trust God. I'm not stressed about our bills. I'm not using excuses to not tithe because I'm stressed out about money. I think we should be tithing. I actually didn't give God the glory for that belief in my earlier years. I really did have pride and ego all bound up in that. And so that came out in how I spoke to my husband. Now I understand that it was an absolute gift of the Lord that I was given those experiences as a child and that my husband wasn't because his path was different. And so I couldn't expect him to have that same spiritual maturity in that area because not because I was better, but because our paths were different and our journeys to faith and to the sanctification journey were different. I did not know that for about 10 years. And so instead, I did a lot of what this reader was saying. You know, some nudging, some encouragement, saying that in air quotes, but really also some lecturing, shaming, guilting, and then straight up just like, what is wrong with you? I mean, you're a terrible Christian. Oh, gosh, man. Okay. Yeah. It was a bad version of myself, guys. Did I have a right to want our family to tithe? Yes. Is tithing the right thing to do? Yes. Does God command us to take care of the widow, the orphan, and the poor? Yes. So it would be very easy for me to take that and say, well, I have to take it upon myself to make sure my husband does this. And there's no biblical basis at all for that argument. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Eventually, I realized that it was not my place to control and manipulate my husband's spiritual journey. That this was his journey between him and God. And my role as his equal half was to stand in the gap in prayer and to fight the spiritual battle. If you haven't listened to last episode about fighting the right fight, that's the one you want to listen to, episode three. But I learned that eventually and I applied it to these types of situations where I felt like I was having to submit even when I felt that it was wrong. And again, use your spiritual intuition and connection with the Lord. Be in your word. Be in prayer. Don't say that you're hearing from the Lord if you don't read your Bible. Period, full stop. Go on. If you tell me that you hear from the Lord and you don't read your Bible, I'm telling you right now, you're not hearing from the Lord. You're hearing from demonic forces that's a side note that's a freebie i'm giving you that one for free okay so you read your word you're seeking after the lord you're living in obedience then yeah trust your intuition and your holy spirit he gave you the holy spirit as a guide so that we have direction in these types of situations but again do not get caught up in thinking that we know what is best so that trumps everything else god has said to us in the bible matthew 6 23 says but an evil eye shuts out the light and plunges you into darkness. And this is where it gets real convicting. If the light you think you have is really darkness, how deep that darkness will be. In other words, if you think that you are enlightened, but it's actually deception of the enemy, it's actually darkness, watch out. That's where I was. I was convinced that I had the moral high ground, that I was correct and I was right. And that meant that I needed to correct my husband. My favorite one is when women say, well, this is just between me and the father because I submit to God above all else. So I'm going to X, Y, Z dishonor my husband and dishonor the Lord. (laughs) Like, okay, how's that working for you? Because I can tell you what your husband thinks of that because that does not create a safe place for your husband to actually have the heart change that is required for him to become a generous giver for instance or whatever that issue is that you have once i backed off and i really did start to just pray for my husband and and prayed not just prayers of protection, but also just prayers of God moving in his heart that he would become a faithful and generous giver who trusted the Lord. Because the truth is, Tim is actually a pretty generous person and he's, he's always been very generous. But without that foundation of I trust the father, I believe that he will provide, then anytime financial stress came, we stopped tithing. And I'm telling you that I tried for a lot of years to sort of guilt trip him out of that, shame him out of that, correct him, teach him, lecture him, leave the nudges, as this listener had said. But none of that worked. It actually just drove him further away from the Lord because it created more tension between us and it created a defensive position in his heart. He now had to defend himself and that reinforced his belief, which was which was faulty, right? It was a faulty belief. But I did not create a safe environment, which I talk about in my book, in the chapter about creating a safe place. I didn't create that safe place for him to be vulnerable and to let the Lord come in. Instead, his defenses were up and his walls were up and it was like my way or the highway. So I backed off of that, right? And I learned to actually just leave him to the Lord and, and really just honor the fact that he did not want to tithe. And, and I just went about managing our household as best as I could, managing our finances as best as I could, and trusting that the Lord would provide for me and the children. But listen, I am being obedient by not tithing. I'm actually obeying the Lord by honoring my husband and not tithing. And so I always was protected. I actually never felt like I went without in any of those years where it was really, really tough financially for us. Tim was the one that wore the burden on his shoulders and the Lord did not let up on him, right? He didn't protect him. He didn't cover him. Tim stepped out of the umbrella of protection and decided he wanted to do it on his own way. I'm not tithing because I don't have the money right now, so I'm not tithing okay, so you step out from that umbrella, that covering of the Lord, and it's pretty stormy out there. And it got real stormy real fast. And it was not pleasant for him. And I had to sit back and not sit there and go, I told you so we should be tithing. I told you this is what I said. No, I just sat back and I was like, Hey, how can we make this work? I'm your teammate. I'm your helper. Like I never once brought up, we should be tithing or this wouldn't be happening. If you say those things to your husband, which I have said, so I'm like literally preaching to the choir here. If you say those things to your husband, you are in direct defiance to the commands that God has given you as a wife, to the instructions that he has left for us on how we can have healthy and thriving marriages. You cannot then go to the Lord and beg and plead with him to save your marriage because he's looking back at you. If I could be so bold, he's looking back at you and saying, yeah, okay, can you just, um... Can you maybe go back to that, that's, that, that big book that I left you, that, you know, the one with all the pages? Can you maybe go back to that? Could you just read that and step into line with that and then come back to me and we'll get this done? <laughs> okay, so I'm being facetious here. It's like we cannot go to the Lord and beg Him to do something when we haven't done the thing that we are called to do. So you lecturing and correcting your husband or even the gentle nudges can be us stepping out of that honor of our husband. And then we are now outside of the umbrella as well. And now the storm is raging on us. And then everyone is being raged on by the storm. I have found that any time I submit when I feel like it's not necessarily the, you know, sort of right thing to do, God has protected me. I mean, that's like what we see with Abraham and Sarah, right? Because Sarah did lie as Abraham told her to, but she never actually became A wife of the king, right? She actually was protected. She was put through the harem process. And right before she would have been part of his harem, God stepped in and gave him all these crazy dreams. And the king came and said, what have you done to me? Why did you tell me she was your sister? So I feel like there's a a biblical basis for why God protects us when we do honor our husband while he's on a journey of his own spiritual sanctification, They're not perfect today and they're not perfect tomorrow. And there's some things that your husband probably does that are actually pretty far along. And there's other things where he's maybe a bit stunted, but ultimately, no matter where he is, he's not yours to be God over. You are not his God. He does not report to you. And the cool thing is, is that when you get that and you step back and you let God come in and be God, really awesome stuff happens. And God actually gets to get in there and do the heart changes. And here's the thing. We read in Psalm 51 where David is crying out to the Lord in repentance over his affair with Bathsheba. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me again the joy of your salvation. Make me willing to obey you. I mean, guys, if you're not praying Psalm 51 over your husband every day, you need to start today. You put his name in there. I would actually pray this prayer over Tim every day. Have mercy on Tim, oh God, because of your unfailing love. Sorry. Sorry. I don't think I'm going to edit that out, actually, um, because I think it's really important. I think it's really important that you guys understand that I have some really strong opinions but they did not come because I somehow think I know it all. I walked through the fire and the Lord has given me so much. And I just don't want to see other women go through that kind of pain. I, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Okay. I would pray Psalm 51, and I'm getting really emotional because a lot of this has come true. I would pray it over to him. I would put his name in. Do this. I would pray this while he was with another woman, not wanting to be in our marriage, having abandoned me and our children out of sheer hopelessness that our marriage could ever be worth saving. Okay, so bringing it back to Psalm 51, 17 says, this is David, the sacrifice you want is a broken spirit. A broken and repentant heart, oh God, you will not despise. If your husband is not tithing, I'm using this again as an example, and you convince him to tithe through your shame, your lectures, your guilt, or your straight up facts, just being factual, like pointed out in the Bible. Okay. Any of it. If you convince him in any way to tithe, is he tithing from a broken and repentant heart? Is he tithing? from a broken spirit, because David is saying the sacrifice you want, okay, because in this day, they sacrificed as their tithes. The sacrifice you want is a broken spirit, a broken and repentant heart, oh God, you will not despise. Your responsibility as a wife, when you see your husband acting in disobedience to the Lord, is not to condemn him. It's not to shame him, guilt him, lecture him. It is to war in the spirit for him. Now, whether or not you go along with that sin, that is between you and the Lord. If you want to step into that sin with him, because you feel that the Lord is saying, I will protect you, just like he protected Sarah. That's that's where I'm saying, get with the Lord on that. But no matter what you choose to do in that regard, it is not your job to condemn your husband, to lecture him, to correct him, or even to motivate him. It is your job responsibility as a wife, as a helpmate, and I am going to, in a future episode, break down what that word really means. So subscribe because you do not want to miss that. It is your responsibility to war in the spirit and see that roadblock in your husband and in his faith journey taken out so that God will move in his heart and and make him a faithful giver through that broken and repentant heart. I can say that now, you know, 21 years in, 10 years into like this new version of myself, over 10 years, I have seen Tim become not only a continuous faithful giver, but I have seen it come from a place where he truly now believes that God will provide no matter what. Did we go through some hard times so that he could learn that? Absolutely. Did I freak out during those hard times? No, I trusted the Lord. I knew that he was using these experiences as a way to teach and as a way to conform my husband to be more like him. I did not freak out. I was his helper. I was his teammate and I stood by his side through all of it, trusting that God had a plan and that God was using those experiences to transform his heart, and he did. I will tell you that right now, and it has been this way for maybe five years, my husband is such a faithful giver that we have 10% of our income that is split off into a different giving account that we never see. It, it never touches our bank account. It immediately goes into a separate account, and it is faithfully given. There have been times... Where we have had more money in that giving account while we wait for the Lord to show us which of the widow, the orphan, and the poor we should be supporting and blessing, there's more money in that account than in our personal account. And we never touch that money because that is how faithful of a giver my husband has become. And it's not about him being faithful. It's that he truly believes that God is faithful and he doesn't feel the need to dip into that account. Because he trusts God is going to provide. And God provides every time. That is a very far way to come from where we were in the beginning of our marriage. Where I was constantly feeling in my spirit this conviction that we don't tithe. And this is what this listener is saying. She feels the conviction. And I want to end with this. That conviction, it is the Holy Spirit. I really believe it is. It's the Holy Spirit telling you in your prayer times And in your spirit, hey, this is out of alignment. Now, here's where Satan likes to take that, twist it, and use it against us. Instead of taking that intuition that the Holy Spirit has given you and getting on your knees and praying for your husband and seeing that breakthrough come through the movement that God makes in your own heart and in your husband, instead of taking that intuition and using it to motivate your prayers, your fasting, and and your spiritual warring for your husband, the enemy likes to convince us, again, going back to the curse of Eve, that we should take that intuition and use it to correct our husband. So we don't go to our prayer closet. Instead, we go to our husband and we say, the Lord told me, X, Y, Z. How can he argue with that? The Lord told me. Okay, so what is it? How can he say anything against that? It will make him a terrible person. He can't say, well, the Lord actually didn't say that to you because now he's calling you a liar. He can't say, well, the Lord might have said that, but I don't agree with him because that makes him look like he defies the Lord. He can't say anything without being a bad guy. Do not go to your husband with the Lord told me. If you have something you really feel that God is burning on your heart to share with your husband. Pray that he will open up the conversation, that he will give you a no-brainer sign that it is the right time to talk to him about it. Otherwise, take it to your prayer closet and watch the Lord work. Okay, so by my like emotional breakdown reading Psalm 51, I think that you understand how every person who's fighting for their marriage deeply desires Psalm 51 to come true in their spouse's heart, deeply desires their spouse to be repentant. The problem is, is that we take it into our own hands, whether it's about something simple like tithing or something more complex like infidelity, we take it into our own hands and we designate ourselves as God over our husbands. And we are not equipped for that role. We are not meant for that role. And we will fail Miserably at that role. If that is you and you know that you have been in that place where you have taken the spiritual headship of your family and you have lorded it over your husband in self righteous behavior, self righteous conversation, and I was there, that was how I got myself into the mess in the first place of divorce and separation. You don't want to continue on that path. It is empty, it is powerless. And it will give you nothing but destruction and breakdown. I have one beef with some of the more heavy hitting, you know, biblical wifehood resources. Is that I think some of them come at it from a very legalistic approach of if you do this, you're going to get a perfect husband. And I've never once said that. And I won't say that. Jesus said that in this life, we will suffer for him. And while I have yet to see a single wife not benefit from submitting to her husband in all things, I I have not seen it. Of course, we've already talked about the caveat of physical abuse. Okay, that notwithstanding, I have never seen a woman left to suffer when she submitted to the Lord. She's always come out the beneficiary. Always. I did. Everyone I've ever helped in one way or another, they come out as the beneficiary. That being said, whether or not you get the miracle you are waiting for and praying for, the process of getting to that place is the reward. That's going to be really hard for some of you to hear because you feel like you're totally suffering. Just like we read in Galatians 6, verse 9, so don't get tired of doing what is good Don't get discouraged and give up, for we will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. God is a good father, right? The Bible tells us that. We can believe it. We see it. So as you submit to your husband, as unto the Lord, you can trust that he is going to protect you and cover you. And he's going to do the work in your husband. If he doesn't, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, my God can save me from this fiery furnace. But, oh king, if he doesn't, he is still God. Get used to praying that. Tell the enemy that even if he doesn't save me from this fiery furnace of my circumstances and my life, he is still God. And you will not shake that. You will not break me of that. I'll go down in this fire. If you get there and when you get there, The blessing for you is beyond anything that we could ever imagine. I believe God is going to deliver for you. I believe that God honors every spouse who steps out in faith and loves their spouse the way they are called to love them and respects and honors their husband. I believe that God rewards that. But make sure your heart is in a place where you can, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, say, even if he doesn't, you are still God. So don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get discouraged and give up. For we will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. I pray that your harvest comes quickly and that the Lord would move swiftly in your life and in your marriage and in your spouse. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Wise Wife Podcast. Go to wisewifeblueprint.com and download your free battle strategy. These are the five things you must do if you want to see breakthrough in your marriage. And remember, it takes two to save a marriage, you and Jesus.